Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, one of the fastest growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. On this episode, we discuss the latest movie news from July 12th to July 18th. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. This is Anthony. This is James. Let's do Movie News 7, where we talk about all the latest news, trailers, press photos. All sorts of stuff. Yeah, everything. And uh, I'm going to start off with Box Office. So Space Jam, A New Legacy, just came out, and it had a $13 million Friday, and so they're projecting a $32 million three-day weekend of the movie, which is pretty big for Space Jam. I, I animated. It's a little low. But I mean, I for an say. animated film, that's pretty good. Yeah, I guess. You know, um, Black Widow, it... It it's second place, so they have Black Widow's accumulated is the fastest to 100 million dollars in the U.S. during the pandemic, and it did that in just six days, which is awesome news for Black Widow and just for film in general. Um, they had a uh, another eight million dollar eight million dollar Friday, so it's still killing. It's still making about five six million dollars a day. Oh yeah, totally. Outside of Friday, plus they're probably making a lot of money every day from Disney Plus from the downloads. Well. Yeah. yeah, and then Escape Room Tournament of Champions that had a three million dollar opening day, which I don't know how I would not want to watch that movie. No offense if anyone's seen it. That just, trailer didn't look very it good. It doesn't look that good. It's just like the concept. Like who put all this stuff everywhere? Like yeah. did the government plan this? Yeah, it's so so ridiculous. Logistically, like, it's billions absurd. Of do- billions of dollars worth of these environments that they just built to kill some people hit, hidden within the city. Like how is this even possible? It must be some sort of like entertainment pay-per-view program or something that people pay to watch i don't know it's because it's a sequel there was nothing like that in the first one but it's so oh it's a sequel yeah no there's a it's first tournament one. Of champions is it's like brought back like gotcha. the main lead from the last one and Anyways, she's involved yeah. in the other people and all they're all extremely attractive teens like how did these people wind up on a train <laughs> at the same time no one there's no like grumpy old guy reading a newspaper in the back of the train on that day i don't know eight million dollar weekend they're projecting Fast Nine is still making two million dollars a day somehow. Boss Baby is still making one point five. So those are the top five at the box office this past weekend. Um, and speaking of Space Jam Legacy, thirty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is Ouch. lower than the first Space Jam movie. And these are two review headlines that I got for you, just to show what people are thinking about it. A Warner Brothers Studio store in movie form and equally as bankrupt. Space Jam: A New Legacy doesn't so much celebrate the historic brand's legacy as it exploits it. Makes sense from the trailer. There are six writers on this film, and not one of them can muster up anything inventive or funny for the Toon Squad to do, let alone anything that's actually in character. I could, I mean, I never liked the trailers that they released. I, was, I never thought it looked very good. It seems like who's the audience? Is it kids or is it adults? I think it's obviously kids, but they're trying to entertain adults at the same time with like all the references, like the Matrix and some rated R Warner Brothers projects. Oh, really? Yeah, like there's, yeah. So I'm, and also, kids don't know what the Looney Tunes are anymore. Yeah, like I, none of our nieces or nephews know the Looney Tunes. So obviously, we grew up with them. So it was Space Jam was a huge deal because for us, the Looney Tunes were like the pinnacle of animation. They were as big as MJ. Yeah, like, MJ was the biggest person <laughs> on the planet, and then Looney Tunes were our favorite cartoon. So that everyone, was like, a, yeah. yeah, everyone watched Looney Tunes on Saturday mornings. I guarantee everyone Gen Z who went to go see it Googled who Bugs Bunny was. <laughs> <laughs> Tasmanian Devil? What? what is this? This is so weird. So I think I don't. I'm. They should have probably. I mean, it has to be the Looney Tunes you say, but maybe they could have thrown other characters into the squad as well. I think they added some new ones. Okay, but I mean, it's still. I I never liked the the, the trailers at all. Never did. Um, Loki is over, which means now the multiverse is confirmed, and so the next projects that will be coming up for Marvel is What If on August twenty first, Spider Man three on December twenty first. 
Doctor Strange 2, which I'm very excited about. That looks pretty cool. And on March 22nd, which I think that's the same day or, or same time that the Batman comes out, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania is February 23rd, 2023. And Tom Hilston is expected to return as Loki in Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Spider-Man 3 is going to make so much money. Yeah, it is. <laughs> It's going to make a lot of money. And so, because basically Loki paved the way for multiverse events of both Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange 2. So they're all going to be team-up movies. Yeah. I think <laughs> that's Because Wanda's going to be in that too. We, we just got to get used to just team-ups. That's yeah. the way they're doing it. Yeah. Oh, so the Batman, Colin Farrell, who's going to be playing the uh, the Penguin, he revealed that he's in about five or six scenes of the film. And... Obviously, you can gather from the trailer that the Riddler is going to be the main villain. But apparently, the way it looks is that they're establishing Penguin to be probably the overarching enemy of Batman. For if this is a planned trilogy, he would be the final confrontational antagonist for the final film. So oh, that's I, pretty interesting. I think they're just building his character up from this one on. I didn't even think about that as yeah. a possibility because yeah. I figured they're just going to be like a posse of villains. But like, who is the overarching? Because maybe the Riddler. Maintains the main villain throughout all three of the movies. If they do a trilogy, I bet he, I bet Riddler gets killed in this in the first one, or taken yeah. out, or put in Arkham. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I, w- I would love to see him put villains in Arkham. Like we never oh, yeah. saw that with with uh, yeah. really with um with Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, Scarecrow's in there, but like I want to see like Batman put somebody in Arkham himself. You're and, in Arkham now. And, like close the gate. <laughs> Does he work at Arkham? No, but he like, he brings them there. <laughs> You know what? I'm finishing up my shift, Reg. You see you tomorrow. <laughs> Mike, how are you? <laughs> well, let me close the gate on him. How's the wife, Mike? <laughs> Anyways, James Gunn revealed that Warner Brothers asked him to include Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad, so I guess she wasn't in the first story of, of what they were going to do. But I'm very excited about this because it looks awesome. The, tra- the trailers look fantastic. The characters look super interesting because James Gunn is such a visionary director. And also, just recently, they King Shark got his own trailer because it's Shark Week yeah. at the same time. So it's just so fun. I saw that trailer. He's like eating people and stuff. I can't wait for King Shark. Yeah. He wrote it specifically for Stallone to play. I will get a King Shark Funko Pop when it comes out, if oh, yeah. it has come out. But it makes sense because you could say that Harley Quinn is probably, besides Batman, and Wonder Woman, their next most valuable property in yeah. terms of a character. Because, I mean, she was really the only good part of Suicide Squad, you could say. Yeah, she got her own movie. Yeah. You know, people love her. So, I, I don't blame them for doing that. I mean, you gotta you got to have Harley Quinn. I, I also read that Margot Robbie said that she's happy to play the character forever. I'm sure she has more fun than anything she's ever done when she does Harley Quinn. Yeah. It looks like a really bla- a good time. Mm-hmm. And apparently, since Loki Season 1 was such a success, they're already in talks and developing Loki Season 2. So it looks like Tom Hiddleston's going to be doing a lot of Loki. It's like he's not slowing down. And it's it's so interesting because we all thought he was done when we saw Loki get killed in in, in Infinity War. They're never done. I know. Apparently, he's going to be playing Loki till he's like eighty. You know how much he was making per episode for Loki season one? Hundred K a mil. A million per yeah. episode. What is yeah. this Friends? He's a little, I, his title character. Well, I mean, I guess yeah. So I mean, you got to entice them to do it. I mean, you need them to keep going he's with making the MCU. that cheddar cheese. He has a good agent. That's all I could say. That's how you get that money. You have a good agent. <laughs> and you're, he's a beloved character. Yeah. Everyone Great actor. Loves Everyone, Everyone loves yeah. him. I mean, people tune into that show just to watch Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Yeah. Um, awesome. Really cool fun fact about the Sopranos. Apparently, this was revealed on Talking Sopranos, the podcast that's hosted by Michael Imperioli and Steve Sh- Sharipa, who were, were both uh, prominent characters and actors on the show. 
Um, Gandolfini was reportedly paid $3 million by HBO to turn down the role as the new boss on The Office after Steve Carell departed, which I think that would have been fantastic. That would have been awesome. Gandolfini yeah. is, the, is the head of The Office because he's a really funny guy. He does comedy really well. Obviously, Tony Soprano, he's he's a hard-ass mother-effer gangster, but like he does have a lot of comedic moments, but also in other stuff he's done, he's done some really great comedy. That's great. Maybe uh, Were they filming at the same time? They couldn't have been. Dude, um, well, new office boss that was like 2008 2009 wasn't it for the new boss season that's like yeah. season eight yeah so hold on let me google it real quick they couldn't have been filming at the same time i wonder why warner brothers did that i think it's just to protect the the property, the property of, of, the character. of the sopranos yeah i think that's what i would guess maybe they thought it would um negatively affect people's opinions on tony soprano or something that's curious i why think they would do I, that yeah it's there's kinda... no way they were filming at the same time so it can't have been no yeah here we go sopranos final season began filming in 2007 oh, okay and then, right. so The Office, that's def that's season eight, when Michael is leaving and they're trying to get new bosses mm -hmm. in. That's the late 2000s. So, let me see. It it's got to be around the same year. Must be. So, 2000, oh, 2011? Yeah, I thought oh, so. Wow. Yeah, it was a while. It was a late one. Oh, that's interesting. So, I'm it my, must, my only guess is to protect the gangster quality of, of Tony Soprano. Yeah, it must be. They don't want him to be seen in a comedic light. That's so weird. I mean, I guess it's good branding. Yeah, yeah, you, you could think about it like that, mm -hmm. which is it's such a bummer. He would have been perfect. Yeah, he yeah. would have been perfect on The Office because I mean, I yeah, Will Ferrell was great in his thing, and then we had like Jim Carrey for a couple of scenes in here and there. Um, but I think like their biggest problem with seasons eight and nine is like they didn't have like the they tried to give Dwight the job and then they tried to give Andy the job and they turned Andy into Michael Scott and like it didn't just didn't work as well. You know why they chose Ed Helms as Andy? Yeah, in the as he, the boss. Oh, as the boss. Why? Because uh, they viewed him as the biggest star at that time because The Hangover 2 had come out. And oh, yeah. And those were super successful, those movies. So they picked him because that they thought he was bankable. And so that's why Andy was chosen as a boss. That makes total sense. Well, first it was Dwight, but then it also makes sense where they tr – well, what they did was they – like I said, they tried to make him Michael Scott. So they completely get, like kind of changed the character. He still kept his quirkiness, but like his behavior and how he acted every with it everything, all Michael Scott. it became Michael Scott. It was Michael Scott character. He was kind of just doing an impression of it. Yeah, I think it just would have worked better if Dwight was the boss. Well, yeah, he did it for a little bit. Yeah, but for the for like two seasons. It would have been, been fun. Yeah. The first time he's boss when he, yeah. when Michael when he, when when he Michael, paints the room black yeah because <laughs> Michael is so arrogant he thinks he's gonna get the promotion yeah. at corporate and then he's just like oh yeah I got this black room he's got the big <laughs> desk he's like finally <laughs> and he's desperate to be his number two and then Michael he comes back he's like why is my office black <laughs> anyways fans of Community the TV show Dan Harmon is actively thinking about making it in making a film of the show and I'm not sure if that's really considered newsworthy actively thinking about it <laughs> but i i love i like that show i watched it but i don't see how it could be a movie because every episode is so unique yeah you know? i don't i just don't really see the the movie quality of those stories they don't seem like i don't see how they could do like a great hour and a half story with it that's just me hmm. I, I think it just works fine as a tv show so there are new two new game of thrones animated tv shows in the works at hbo max um but is this what we all really want i mean I'm sure Die Hard's gonna love it. I think one of them I read was it takes place in like an ancient Chinese culture area, which is pretty fascinating. So we're gonna get different different characters, obviously. But I, this is the world we're living in. You have a property, and these companies and studios are just pushing out as much content as they can. It's like us on TikTok. Yeah, we six seven clips a day. They're just bumping it up. TV content too. Just 
copy paste. Let's go. Let's go. I would. I mean, I love Game of Thrones. I'm. I'm really only interested in seeing live action. So I wouldn't. Yeah. I probably wouldn't watch this. I, like in terms of like anime or new animated films, I'm more interested in like the the Resident Evil one. Yeah, that sounds cool. It yeah. looks pretty. It sounds cool. pretty sick. There's a new clip for the Green Knight that came out, um, which I did not watch because I want to watch as little of this movie as Same. possible. Because Same. I'm. I love um, David Lowry, the director. He's fantastic, and Dev Patel is an awesome actor super super underrated so i'm extremely excited to see this movie it just came it, it, it was released uh this past week but very limited like we live in la and it's the closest place it's playing is like 30 miles away so it's not it doesn't have a wide release yet so they're slowly rolling it out so it should be a bit available for most people to see it within the next week or two we're definitely gonna go see it in theaters yeah. it looks incredible cinematography production design everything looks fantastic about it yeah. i can't wait the first Chucky trailer got released for <laughs> Sci-Fi's channel. Everything's and, a TV show. And I don't know how I feel about it because I've been terrified of Chucky since I was a kid. The character, it looks like they're hearkening back to Chucky 2. Like more of like a very dollish looking Chucky rather than more making it seem more human in terms of the doll. So I, I kind of like that aesthetic about it. Like it looks very cheap, like a cheap doll. But... I mean, I feel like, what, they just did a movie of it, like, two years ago, and now it's another TV show. Yeah. And, and that movie was pretty good. It, it wasn't How great. do you make a TV show about Chucky? He's just going to kill people every episode? Who wants to watch are that? They, and now are they going to show no gore? It's not like, like, Dexter is a show where you empathize with the character it's who's a, a serial killer. A character. But he's also doing it against villains and bad people. Yeah. But we're going to watch every episode, he's just going to kill innocent people? Yeah, I don't, I mean. Seems kind of effed up. And, and it's probably good. It, there's only so much you can do with Chucky. And a story. Like one season? Like, what's going to be for 12 episodes? Are they going to discover that he's alive by, like, episode 8? <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, in the trailer, he's 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 purchased by, like, a 15-year-old boy at, at a, a yard, yard sale. sale. It's like, why would this kid buy a weird-looking doll? And also, he sneaks the butcher knife. But how do you not see a butcher knife on a doll? It's bigger than any of his pockets. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, the woman's like... Ooh, there's a butcher knife missing. Someone took the butcher's knife. <laughs> it's sticking out of like, that doll's pocket. Wait, like, so Chucky couldn't get a knife wherever he goes? <laughs> he had to steal this one? Already from the trailer, they're writing shit, so we're definitely not going to watch this. I, I, I mean, sci-fi shows. Don't be nice. Yeah, yeah you're not going to watch, watch it. I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Because I think the concept of the movie that they did last time was actually interesting, where it's like he also has a digital network and he can like take over uh, like different. He oh. takes over like a drone and stuff like that. Oh, cool! So it's more of like a cyber uh, villain. Interesting. Yeah, Aubrey Plaza was in that one, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Next up, Dwayne yeah. Johnson calls Black Adam the hardest undertaking of my entire career. As the film wrapped, it wrapped this week, so it must be pretty good. It must be pretty intense. I bet. If he's saying that, there's going to be a lot of uh, action and fighting in it. A ton of action, but yeah. also the the shape this guy is in for this movie. Yeah. Like, you think he's in shape for, like, the Fast and Furious movies and, and everything else he's done. He's the most jacked human being on the planet Earth right now. Did you now. see his legs? It's insane. His legs are just, like, they're the size of my entire body. So I think in terms of, like, the daily workout routine, you know, he wakes up at, like, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, works out twice, then goes to work, then, like, works out again. So I think he's just 20 pounds of chicken. He's just put so much work into just his body and his physical form to actually look like a freaking superhero. Like, Henry Cavill did a great job of just building himself naturally to look like Superman so there's no CGI. I think that Dwayne wanted to do that but take it to the next level. Whereas, like, in, in Shazam, he's obviously got, like, a suit on. You yeah. know, he's got padding. Yeah. 
but Levi is pretty jacked now. He's after jacked after three years. But like his but chest been, is padded up. No, and, but in the in the in the first one, but now he's pretty big, like that yeah. Kurt Warner trailer. Like you could tell, oh, he's fucking. Massive. It takes a while to get that big. Yeah, that's why the Rock. So that that's the difference between him, Cavill, and the Rock because the Cavill got gigantic, but still that was only he that he had never gotten that big before. And he's only about six feet. Yeah, whereas the Rock, he's obviously been. Gigantic for a very long time, <laughs> and he's been building up on that for years. And like you said, it you can't just get massive in a year. It takes a lot even of time. With steroids, yeah, and they're all on some extra extra stuff. But yeah. like, even but also with that, it helps. Like even if they aren't on steroids, like because I I would say maybe the Rock isn't because he's been doing it for so no, long. No, he's take dude. You take something yeah. when you're 45. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're taking something to get to that level. Yeah. And also, it helps to have a nutritionist. He's but, got a yeah. nutritionist. He's got personal trainers, so he has people to. That he probably spends a million, just like like people like LeBron and Tom Brady, they spend a million dollars on their body, 100%. and it really pays off because they they understand that the body. And I think that what Dwayne wanted to do with this is like we, we're so used to like all these actors get huge for these roles as superheroes, but he's like, I want to go better than that. I want to show them that I can top that. Like That's I can I top mean. Hemsworth. He looks like a superhero. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm not saying that it's bad that they're taking extra juice in, I don't know if it's steroids or, or some HGH, something like that. I mean, it's fine. Like, yeah. I don't care. Like, get become an enormous human being. Do what you got to do because mm-hmm. you're an actor and you're going to be a superhero. Get yeah. get as big as possible. But I don't it, give a F. Because even if you're taking stuff, you still have to put in the work. An incredible amount of work to just even have results like that. And anyone who's anyone listening who wants to, like, get big like that, like, it takes a long time. You don't just, like, juice up and you, yeah. get, you grow. You yeah. have to put in ridiculous amount of years, hours. Years. Ridiculous amount of hours yeah. at the gym. Yeah. All right. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on about Dwayne's physique? For like, you have to make that the thumb of this sh- of this episode now. I was talking about, about for so long. I was talking about actors' giant muscles. <laughs> That's like a new episode of the podcast. God. We do it too often. I think people are like, this is we should. We, that would be a good episode. Actors prep for roles like this. That's not a bad. That would be a good episode. <laughs> Let's see what we got. A uh, new trailer for Modern Love came out and has a. It's a romantic. It's like the rom com movie, but in in TV series form. With an ensemble, so think of like uh, Love Actually, stuff like that. And it's got a stat cast. You got Kit Harrington, Dominique Fishback, Garrett Hedlund, a ton a ton of other great actors and I mean it, it's it's for anyone who loves rom coms or romantic dramas, like this is right up your alley. It looks very sweet. The Walking Dead season finale trailer or final season trailer resurrects Rick Grimes. But only from old footage. Yeah. So he's he's really dead, but this is the final season. It's finally over, guys. <laughs> Dude, that show's been on for like 15 11 years. 11 seasons. That's insane. How is there 11 seasons of a zombie show? That's incredible. <laughs> I mean... And a spinoff. Yeah, The Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah. That's nuts. I stopped watching a while ago, but uh, fans of the show, they're very passionate about it. So I'm sure this uh touching for them to see the, yeah. fuck, the conclusion. Um, Antonio Banderas is the latest star to join Indiana Jones 5. Oh, yeah. Which I is hope he plays epic. the villain. I hope he plays the bad guy. That'd be pretty cool. He would be awesome as a villain. You're right. He would be really cool yeah. as a villain. I mean, I wonder what they're going to do with him. Maybe they're going to... Because Antonio's from Spain, so maybe they're going to go to some some sort of Latin country, maybe... Or he do, could just be where they some, are. Yeah. I'm just curious. Just yeah. thinking out loud. Yeah. Because Antonio is the man. He's great. Dude, he's we used great, to great. love the Zorro. Zorro. We were, you, you were obsessed with Zorro. Yeah, we I named kids. our cat Zorro. Yeah, you love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's epic. I actually, I watched a movie recently, and it's really good. He's Dude, he's so cool. It's such a... Dude, that movie is just good entertainment. It's a fun time. It's like Pirates. Yeah. Entertaining. 
charming, great fight sequences, huge stunts, and it's just a fun ride. They should make a new Zoro movie with him because what that, he's like one of the most underrated heroes in film history. He should be. They should make a new one. He trains the next Zoro, and then they could have a Zoro franchise. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, they that, could do that. Like it's the, there's not like it's fun to watch like a swashbuckling sword fighting adventure. It's yeah, great. Sword fighting is awesome, and when it's done right. Yeah, specifically because I watched Kill Bill. The, we we were watching Kill Bill the other night to prep for an episode upcoming. Yeah. Yeah. Hint. Oh yeah, we just gave a spoiler. <laughs> and just the the sword fighting in that it's epic. You know, we have clanging, we have metal on metal versus CGI and, and everything mm-hmm. else that we usually see. So yeah. I would love to see Antonio reprise the role of Zoro. Zoro's awesome. Oh, this one's cool. So Idris Elba, um, they're re- rebooting Luther for a movie at Netflix. I don't know if anyone's watched Idris Elba's Luther TV show from BBC. Um, they did five seasons of it, and it's actually a really good show. I watch it. I was a fan of it because I love Idris so much, and that's one of my favorite things he's ever done. So I'm I'm pretty excited that they're gonna make a, a TV. I mean, I mean a a movie about it at Netflix. That's pretty cool. And then um, so that new Nick Cage movie Pig, uh, from what it's from what I could glean from reading about it, the the act the person that Nick Cage plays is someone who used to be famous. I think an actor, and now he lives in seclusion with his truffle pig. I think that's the the starting off point of the story. And he actually says he. That's why he did the movie because he felt the same way, and he actually he actually explained why he left Hollywood, and why he stopped doing big movies, and, and now he, he's just doing independent film. And he said that he, <clears throat> I I got a quote because I've always been curious, like why isn't he making these big movies anymore? Because he was on top of the world for a while. And he says he doesn't. I don't know if I want to go back. I don't know if I want to go and make another Disney movie. He says it would be terrifying, and it's a whole different climate as opposed to independent filmmaking, where there's a lot of fear where. I was making a Jerry Bruckheimer, Jerry Bruckheimer movie back to back to back, and there's a it's a high pressure game. There was a lot of fun, but at the same time, there was also we wrote this line. It has to be said this way, and they'd put a camera on you and say, and order you to say, now say the roller skate training wheels line or whatever it was, and then he would say, I would do their line, but I also want to try something else, and they would reject him and say, you have to say what's on the page, and that's it. And so on independent films, he says there's a lot more freedom to experiment and be fluid and less pressure. And I think he just enjoys the climate of making small movies. Nick Cage is a great, great actor. And I oh, know yeah. because like the last 15 years, he's made a bunch of terrible movies. I mean, he's got like three divorced wives that he's paying alimony to and he's got a new wife. So he's got a, he's got a lot of bills to pay. You know, <laughs> he has like a castle and helicopters and stuff like that. So you got to pay the bills, but also... For the 80s and 90s, that guy did a lot of really interesting roles and a lot of interesting characters. Like, and he's done some really great ones recently, too. I mean, yeah, but Mandy, like, Mandy was so cool. Bad Lieutenant was awesome. Yeah, but I'm talking about like Leaving Las Vegas and yeah. um, Bringing Out the Dead. So like stuff like that, he's he's super talented. And also National Treasure is just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> um, for 2021, the Emmy nomination just came out, and this is the first time that individual stunt performers are getting recognized. Oh, cool. So nominees include uh, stunt performers from Cobra Kai, Lovecraft Country, Mandalorian, and some other shows, which is awesome. Hopefully this keeps going, maybe Golden Globes and Oscars for stunt performers because they are unsung heroes in many, many of our favorite films. 100%, for sure. I bet Mandalorian wins. Yeah, because the stunt... There's two guys that do the stunt work for Mando, Mando. and one of them is John Wayne's son, and the other one... What's his name? Hold on. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, look it up, man. Uh, keep talking about. Although something. that doesn't mean that Pedro Pascal isn't always isn't never in the suit. He he for the second season he's in the suit for the majority of the time, um, except for extremely dangerous stunts. But in the first season they were kind of like switching off a lot, and yeah. and Pedro Pascal even taught 
uh, both the stunt actors how he moved in terms of how Mando walks, how he, he carries his body so that they were able to uh, imitate his movements so that it would be more believable. Yeah, so it's Latif Crowder is the other stunt double, and then John Wayne's grandson yeah. is the other stunt double. So those are the two main stunt guys, and they do amazing jobs on that show. Um, so kudos to stunt people finally getting recognized. Hopefully it keeps going. Um, Dune's exclusive IMAX preview is coming this month to a theater near you. I kind of want to check this out so you, you get a pay some money, but you get to go watch the new exclusive trailer for Dune. You get to get a sneak at the music from Hans Zimmer, <gasps> as well as like behind the scenes stuff and sneak peeks at the production. Oh, cool. So I, I bet know. there'll be like actor interviews and stuff. Yeah, so I don't know. Like whole, whole thing. We might want well, I'm sure whatever it's going to be released with will be a cool movie. So we'll No, it's literally just going to do that. That's it? That's it. Oh, wow. It's only for like a two-day, three-day span, too. Oh, cool. From like, I think it's the set. Like, uh, it, How much does it cost, does it say? I mean, I'm, I'm fine, with, I'm fine probably, with watching it online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing. You got to yeah. find parking. Yeah, we live right. in LA. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's only at Universal City Walk, too. Oh, so the, no way. I'm not going to go to <laughs> City Walk and find parking and walk through that mall. Are you kidding me? I'm just going to watch it on my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of doing Timothy Chalamet, uh, there's a clip from Chal- of Chalamet and Francis McDormand from the French Dispatch, and it looks very funny. I'm not watching anything from it. I, I was enticed. It's, it's like 10 <laughs> seconds, but it's the bathtub scene, right? Yeah, this yeah. movie looks just like the most Wes Anderson movie of all Wes Anderson movies. Oh, so. he's like, after Grand Budapest, I'm sure he's like got total like confidence in all of his abilities yeah. to do anything. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um, the Offer, the Paramount series about the making of The Godfather, has begun production, so that's going to be super exciting to see when that comes out. Is that the one who's playing um, Francis Ford Coppola? Is it Oscar Isaac? I can't remember. I, I think what, it's Oscar Isaac. I think Isaac. it is Oscar Isaac. Yeah. yeah, I think you might be right. But it's going to be awesome. It's about getting Pacino and Marlon Brando and the whole cast and everything in production for The Godfather. It's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. And then we have a John Wick spinoff, The Continental, is now being made, and it's going to be a three-night event series from director Albert Hughes. And The Continental was originally going to be an entire series, but now it's going to be a three-night event. Each ep- each of these movie episodes are going to be 90 minutes long. They'll each cost about $20 million production-wise to make. And so it's going to be set 40 years before the events of John Wick, the movies, in New York City in the 1970s, and it's going to follow Watson, the character that Ian McShane plays, you know, John Wick's buddy. Who owns the hotel. And he doesn't, he doesn't own it. Runs he's just, it. Yeah, he's yeah. the manager of it or something. Um, and so Winston will be a hitman who creates safe haven for unsavory types such as himself. So maybe this is him creating the Continental in a way, which it sounds pretty interesting. I'll check it out for sure when I see like trailers and stuff. But I always pictured um, Winston as like not like an assassin really, like more of like a, a businessman. Yeah, like I, I didn't yeah. really picture him like having an assassin past. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. But yeah, yeah. I mean. I'll I'll look at a trailer. Yeah, I'm just I just don't like extended universes at all. I'm just getting tired of it, honestly. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm of to get used to it because extended universes is going to extend even more. Man. Everything's got an extended universe. <laughs> so many extended universes. <laughs> and then the final bit of news is Snatch, Guy Ritchie's genius film. Which getting was... an extended universe. Is <laughs> <laughs> getting a... There already is an extended universe for it. Rupert Grint's the lead in it. Oh really? Yeah, there's a TV show uh, in England. I think it's on BBC. Oh okay. Um, but well, I'm yeah. glad he's working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Snatch is now on 4K, uh, and so oh cool, you, 4K restoration. Yeah. So nice. if you if you got a Blu-ray or whatever, get this because it's a great addition to add to your collection. A lot of people don't know is that a lot of films before like Blu-ray came out, they weren't. Most of them like obviously they did very popular movies, but the less popular movies, uh, they weren't really 
digitally altered to to fit with the 4K format. And so it still looks like it's just HD still. So like we just got the Indiana Jones 4K box set. So there's a lot of movies that companies are working towards turning it from the film footage into 4K so it looks as high quality as possible. And 4K on a 4K TV with a 4K player is the highest quality you can get at home. There's nothing better. You can get 8K. I guess. Yeah. Well, you can have 4K on an 8K. It's TV still scaled upscaled, up. Yeah. Upscaled, but I mean, it's still got. It's still 8K. I mean, still 10K. It depends. I mean, we'll see. It sounds like you're. Talking, not everyone has an 8K TV. Sounds like you're talking out of your ass. Most people have 4K. Some people have fucking movie theaters in their homes, but that's the ultimate experience, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, if you have a film projector and real, real film, yeah, that's the ultimate one. <laughs> I'm talking about the average. Person. And I'm just messing with you. Why do you have to mess with me so much? Because <laughs> it's so fun. Because look, you get all upset. No, I'm not upset. <laughs> He's smiling. I'm just kidding. But yeah, Snatch is probably Guy Ritchie's best movie in. Yeah, get added to your collection. Better than Sherlock? Snatch? Yeah. I think Snatch is his, that's his his baby. That's his masterpiece. I'm not saying I don't love the Sherlock movies. I'm not saying you didn't love them. Dude, Snatch is a fucking awesome movie. It's awesome. I I would take Sherlock. The first one or the second one? First one. First one's great, yeah. Mm, I would take Sherlock. Anyways, <laughs> that's like his Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it's a very, very good movie. Yeah. Because it's the second, and yeah, I think, yeah. Anyways, I think that ends Movie News 7. We're just <laughs> rambling at this point about it's Guy Ritchie's Snatch. Into an episode. <laughs> it's turning it into an episode about 4K and Snatch. And jacked actors. And jacked actors. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much. Stay tuned for tomorrow's episode. It's going to be epic. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a mirror image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.